Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to part two of our Gacy series. Uh, Last time we left off when Gacy and his mother moved into their new home on West Summerdale. Um, And like we said last time, this is the location of his murders. So this week we're going to discuss those murders um, in detail and um, we're going to need a drink (laughs) and um, thankfully uh, some shots because we have a new patron. So uh, thank you. (laughs) I need like the actual sound. (laughs) Thank you, Kim, for becoming one of our double shot patrons. Um, Expect your shirt and first sticker in the mail soon. We really appreciate the support, and uh, now we have an excuse to drink Any reason, shots. any reason <laughs> I had to take a shot. I'm going to take a scotch, actually. <laughs> going hard. Uh, I know it sounds kind of weird to take a shot of scotch, but it's just that kind of day. <laughs> nice and smoky. <laughs> nice and smoky. <laughs> be all raspy after. <laughs> all right. Thank you, You're Kim. You're like, so we need <laughs> Do I have a teacher for this too, so. Thank you so Chase much. Cocktail. Uh, how'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to also become a Patreon and have us get a little extra boozy for you, go ahead and head on over there, Crimes and Cocktails, and you can support us. There's also other ways you can do that. You can always follow us on Instagram or Spotify, Apple, give us a rating, give us a like. Uh, or send us a DM and let us know what your favorite or least favorite episode was. <laughs> Not episode 19. Anyways. <laughs> um, I've never heard of that. Never heard of that. John <laughs> Wayne Gacy. So we should probably get to our cocktail. We are going to do a scotch cocktail because if you guys remember, John Wayne Gacy was a really big drinker and a partier with his like frat boys slash JC friends, whatever. His go-to party animal drink was straight-up J&B scotch. He'd either have it over ice or neat, and he'd just get fucking smashed. So, so smashed that he would... Something scarier than, like, a fucking smashed-ass pedophile I know, I know. And he would use this as, like, his defense for his crimes and be like, well, I don't really remember killing that person, um... So I don't think I did it because I was super drunk. <laughs> it's only illegal if you There's know a what lot you're doing, of things right? I did when I was drunk that I would also not like to claim, but you know, it happens, guys. <laughs> uh, so we did a little twist on a whiskey smash. Um, we did it with scotch. We're calling it the Gacy Smash. <laughs> I just think of, like, the Hulk. Hulk smash. Gacy smash. smash. Gacy smash. I 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really know what else to call it. Because I was like, it's got to be a smash. Because it's basically (laughs) a whiskey smash, but with scotch instead of whiskey, which is kind of the same thing, but kind of not if you actually know your whiskey and scotches. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, this... uh, you're going to take a shaker, which is like, I feel like all of our drinks are in a cocktail shaker. Um, you're going to add two ounces of scotch, a half ounce of simple syrup, a half ounce of lemon juice, a few frozen raspberries, and some mint leaves. And you're going to add a scoop of ice and shake that and pour that into a short old-fashioned glass. And then you're going to top it with a frozen raspberry and some mint sprig. It's refreshing, minty. Strong. And uh, something to get you smashed. <laughs> yeah. smashed. So enjoy, guys. It's pretty good. It kind of reminds me of like a mint julep in a weird way. Yeah, the not. whiskey and the mint. and Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> you can tell from my approving clicking. Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Raspberries <laughs> are a nice little approval. touch. I wanted to make it a little extra, <laughs> I don't know, fruity for you. <laughs> something. So, yeah. All right, so let's get back on to part two of John Wayne Gacy. So we're going to start off with Gacy's second marriage, um, because not only did somebody marry this guy once, somebody married this guy twice. (laughs) So after his mom and um, and him... There's someone for everyone, that's all I want to say. If you're out there and you think, I'm never going to get married, just remember, John Wayne Gacy got married twice. Yeah. And so you can never... find someone if you want to. <laughs> right, seriously. <laughs> like, if he can find somebody twice, you can find somebody once. <laughs> you can make it. So, after him and his mom moved into their new house, um, Gacy got engaged to Carol Hoff, a divorcee with two daughters. And uh, their wedding was July 1st, 1972. And after this, Gacy's mother moved out of the home, which. Um, good (laughs) and then uh carol's um has said in interviews you know not recently but after gacy's arrest that gacy swept her off her feet which i just all right lady and um she did not suspect that he was a murderer but now realizes that he probably killed boys while she was in the house um and in 1975 after the two had had sex on mother's day Gacy told Carol, Carol that he the was bisexual. The best day for sex. Right? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Carol. Happy Motherfucker Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Never mind. Um, anyway. So, uh, he was like, I'm bisexual. And that's the last time we're ever going to have sex. So, he just expected her to be cool with that. Because bisexuals don't want to have sex with both with sexes? Women? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. It's not what that means. I don't think that word means what you think it means. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So um, he would spend most of his evenings away from home. And then Carol started to notice that he was bringing a lot of different men and boys into the the garage. Um, She was just like, what's going on in there? And she discovered a lot of gay pornography and men's wallets inside the home. So she asked Gacy about the wallets, obviously. And... He got upset and told her that it was none of her business, and so she kind of backed off from there. Um, She also was not allowed in the garage. Gacy kept it locked up, but she was able to find a key one day, so she went in, and she said that there was tons of mattresses all over the floor and then a mirrored ceiling, 
and a strange smell. That is a kill room, Carol. That's a kill room. <laughs> right? A kill room, Carol. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she was just like, okay, well. It smelled like dead bodies and blood. Right? And there was mattresses everywhere. Yeah, covered in blood um, and semen. I, if I saw him taking a whole bunch of teenagers into a garage. And then a and then, pile of like shoes and wallets <laughs> coming right? out. And then what is later, this, the Holocaust? Seriously. <laughs> and later saw mattresses all over my garage floor. I would really think something was up. Like, I wouldn't just be like, oh, it's none of my business. Like, I mean. I mean, and also, what does this guy have? Like, an award-winning personality that's keeping her in this marriage? I mean, he's not. Right. I mean, I guess she did get slept off her feet. It was probably the clown shoes that did it for her. <laughs> probably got swept off her feet because she tripped over the clown shoes. <laughs> she really just fell. <laughs> so, um, so by October Apparently of 1970, can do better. she, yeah, I, I saw her. She's actually pretty. So I'm just like, really? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just maybe it was hard times and she did have two daughters and sometimes that money is all you need (laughs) but um by october of 1975 carol asked for a divorce and gacy agreed but carol continued to live in the home with her daughters until february of 1976 do you know how old her daughters were at this time no i i think they were younger than teenagers that's crazy that he's doing all that with like kids in the house too yeah kids and his wife where he's just he's completely comfortable with being like bringing all these people in and killing them and yeah he really i don't think was worried about getting caught at all so uh in march of 1976 the divorce was finalized and um it was actually recorded to be because of infidelity but with other women and not men so that it could protect his um image and I'm like, if I was Carol, I would be like, fuck your image. I'm <laughs> tell the real reason. It's your little mattress kingdom in there. But, uh, yeah. Ugh, gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, before we dive into Gacy's full-on murders, I want to note that some of them are unknown, and... Not a lot in general is known about what led up to their murders. Um, Basically, our only source of any of this information is from what either forensics can tell us or some fabrication from Gacy, because he flip-flopped a lot on his stories, and I mean, he even went back and forth saying, yeah, I did murder them, to no, someone else murdered them, or I don't know how they got there, I didn't do it, kind of weird stuff, so... Um, he also then later claimed that he killed more than 33 people, which I believe, um, but it's really difficult to know the full story and the truth. So this is kind of what we've been able to piece together from different things. So I definitely believe he killed more than 33. I know. Cause they the found 33 bodies at his house and yeah, he was dumping some in the river. As you'll yeah. See. They're just... He had to have started elsewhere. I don't know. I just feel like... And he traveled, too, and stuff like that. So I feel Mm -hmm. like there's definitely more. So Gacy was at a New Year's party the night before his first recorded murder on January 3rd, 1972, shortly before he got married to Carol. 
he decided to leave the party early and drive around Chicago to look at ice sculptures, apparently. That's a thing you look at in Chicago. I don't know what that's like living in California. (laughs) Anyways, he ended up at the best place to go pick up teenagers that you want to murder, a Greyhound bus station where he saw 15-year-old Timothy Jack McCoy, who was traveling from his aunt's house in Michigan back home to his state of Nebraska. He was waiting for his next bus, which was the following morning, and planned to stay the night at the station. Never a good idea. Gacy told him that he would give him a sightseeing tour of the city and would let him stay at his house for the night and then take him back to the station in the morning to catch his next bus. People were so naive at this time. It's like, I mean, granted, this is kind of newer and stuff like that, but geez, my gosh, so bad. The next morning, Gacy said he was awoken to McCoy standing over him with a knife, and he immediately began to defend himself by punching and kicking McCoy and then getting the knife from him and stabbing him multiple times. Once he was dead, Gacy went into the kitchen and saw an open carton of eggs and a slab of bacon. He put two and two together and realized McCoy had been making him breakfast and had come into the room to wake Gacy up, not to kill him. Gacy said that the murder gave him an involuntary orgasm, and it was the first time he realized that murder was the ultimate thrill. He buried McCoy in the crawl space of his house, and his body was later covered with concrete. I I find this story really plausible, um, yeah. to be honest, especially because he covered this is the only body that he covered with concrete, which means I think he was kind of ashamed. Of what he did. He covered other bodies with concrete later. Did he? Oh, okay. I thought this yeah. was the only one for some reason. I know this is the only one that he's really admitted to um, mm-hmm. in the beginning before he started, like, just trying to embrace being a serial killer. Yeah. Whenever uh, he flip-flopped, he always still admitted to this Yeah, one. he still admitted to this one. And I, and I do think it's very likely and it makes sense for a first murder story. Um it just, it does sound very real to me and true, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think that he fully attended, intended when he picked him up to, like, to molest him or rape him and, you know, all of that. Because I just, like, I don't Just have a him, good time with him, yeah. Yeah, picking up a 15-year-old boy otherwise when, obviously, he had these uh, issues. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, to put that lightly. And, um... But I really do think that it was an accident. And then he realized, like, oh, I love this. And then continued. Yeah. Um, also, like, a 15-year-old boy, like, how big was this kid? Like, Gacy's yeah. not a small dude. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the kid really had a chance mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as Gacy saw that knife and assumed he was getting stabbed. So, stabbed, um, <laughs> What a wonderful world, though, if, like, this kid had killed him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awful to say about something well you know it's not awful to say something about him because he's just a horrible dude so now that uh he realized that killing was uh giving him sexual pleasure he was unable to orgasm without it and so it was his mission to find more boys to murder um his next victim remains unknown but was a teenager between the ages of 14 and 18 and he was murdered um sometime between 1972 and 1975, so not too long after he killed Timothy. 
He was constantly looking for different sexual partners, but was not always able to murder them. So in between these murders, he was also still doing his, you know, getting boys all liquored up and taking him into the garage and stuff like that. And But sometimes they got away, which was an interesting thing about Gacy. If he had to put up, like, too much of a fight or if he had to work too hard, he would kind of just give up and lose interest and, like, let them go. Um, he also often pretended to be a police officer named Jack Hanley, and it was a way for him to get boys to get into his car. And that's also helps explain why he was able to get so many kids to go with him by, you know, pretending to be this person with authority. And um, one boy who managed to escape Gacy reported what happened to the police. So he said that, uh, you know, this guy was telling me he was a cop and he made me get into his car. But and he was like able to point out and identify Gacy. But of course, Gacy was let off with a warning, which is so insane to me. Um, <laughs> he be- he beat this kid up. He forced him to give him a blowjob, and he had a record. So um, the police were just like, "Oh, yeah, here's your mark." And the thing about on your way. Gacy is that he um, he was really charismatic. Surprisingly, yeah. like I can't see it, but. In this small town area, I mean, he was really heavily involved, like we said, with the JCs. Mm-hmm. Um, he was involved in politics. He had these large parties at his house all the time. Not just these weird sex dungeon things we're talking about, but he had like yeah. regular parties, like big barbecues, themed mm-hmm. parties. Politicians would. He come was to his still parties. the fa- the family friendly clown going around the neighborhood to like birthday parties and stuff like that. Like he was really involved in his community. So it's kind of one of those things where cops are like, ah, it couldn't have been that bad. Like so he gets a little drunk sometimes, gets a little frisky, like. You know, it's John kind of yeah. a thing. If we so. arrest him, we won't be able to go to his 4th of July barbecue next week. <laughs> yeah. He's making brisket. <laughs> I can't pass that up. <laughs> He's the only cheap, free clown in town. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gosh, I know. So Gacy did not just go after strangers, aloof at a bus station or anything like that. He was pretty bold with his choices, um, either because he couldn't control himself or because their deaths would bring him not only sexual pleasure, but some sort of personal gain or solve a problem, which was the case with 18-year-old John Butkovic, I think is how you say his name. I think so. Sounds, sounds right. On July 31st, 1975, John, this uh, 18-year-old John, worked for Gacy's construction company, so... Gacy was managing KFCs, but he also, if you remember in our last episode, he started and founded a construction company. This company actually took off and started overseeing other smaller companies, and they did a lot of um, contract work and construction and electrician and everything like that. So Sorry to interrupt you real quick, but um, the guy, like the kids who worked for him all called him the colonel because of his KFCs. (laughs) Oh, man. That's that's great. Colonel Gacy. (laughs) So, uh, on July 31st, um, 1975, 
Young 18-year-old John worked for Gacy's construction company for eight months before quitting. When he left his family's house on the night of the 31st, he told him he was going to Gacy's house to demand his final paycheck, something that Gacy had been refusing to give him, which was pretty common for Gacy. So it's a little bit of a tightwad on some of these things. John wasn't the only employee murdered or otherwise to not receive the money that they had worked for. So when John went to Gacy's house, Gacy lured him into his house under the guise that the non-payment was just a misunderstanding. They should come in for a drink. They'll get it all settled. Everything will be great. Once young John was drunk, Gacy handcuffed and then strangled him before burying him under the concrete of his garage floor. When police later found the bodies of Gary's victims, John was one of the first ones found and identified by using dental records. Poor kid. So John's, um, the younger John's parents actually um, called the police over a hundred times and told them they knew Gacy had something to do with their son's disappearance um, because he owed their son money and that their son was heading over there the last time. They saw and spoke with him, but the police didn't investigate Gacy and pretty much ignored their worries. Um, But, you know, it's pretty... Similar to what happened before when he just got his warning and let go. So through the next uh, few years, Gacy continued to get away with murder after murder. Uh, By killing random boys, runaways, or people from out of town, he was able to keep thrill killing and then stay undetected. Uh, Several of the runaways he targeted weren't even reported um, as missing after their deaths because they um, they were shunned from their families because they themselves were gay. So, um, I think that's definitely why still some of them have gone, are still to this day unknown. Um, so more of his victims include a total of the six unknown boys. Um, I just, I really hope that they're identified someday, (laughs) but you never, I mean, I know that's so crazy, especially with like all the technology we have today. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, 19-year-old Daryl Sampson, 14-year-old Samuel Stapleton, 15-year-old Randall Reffitt, 17-year-old Michael Bonin, 16-year-old William Carroll, 16-year-old Jimmy Hackinson, 17-year-old Rick Johnston, 19-year-old William George Bundy, um, not related to Ted Bundy, I don't believe, and childhood best friends, 14- and 16-year-old Michael Marino and Kenneth Parker, both of which shared a grave. He probably had them at the same time, I would imagine. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot a lot of names. Um, one strange thing about Gacy, besides the obvious of raping and killing teenagers and being a stinky, evil clown, <laughs> is that if he killed a boy by himself, um, was buried by himself, but if he killed boys in a pair, like with Michael and Kenneth, he buried them together. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of, I, I kind of feel like that's just him being lazy and digging less trenches or something like that. Uh, so. Well, there was one case where I don't remember which two boys it was. I'll have to go back and look. Where he had them digging, right? Well, yes, he did that as well, but he killed one boy and then he buried him by himself. But then later, like, 
a year or so later, he killed another boy who was friends with that other one, and he went and dug up the other guy's grave and buried the friend with him. That's super weird. So I'm not sure if it was just because he was like a lazy fuck or... Or some weird organizational system to him. Yeah. It's weird. So... I know that's a lot of names and a lot of ages, so let's take a second to reorient. So far, Gacy has killed a total of 18 boys. So you can see how quickly he is committing these murders, and we're now going to go to December of 1976 and talk about 17-year-old Gregory Godzik, because this story's messed up. On December 11th, Gregory, another one of Gacy's employees left his family home to meet up with his girlfriend for a date, and he never returned home. His family and friends reported his disappearance and began searching for him. They found his abandoned car, but police are unable to turn anything. Um, They're unable to see or find or do anything, and they eventually give up. So his family hires a private investigator, but this doesn't lead to anything either. Gregory's girlfriend goes to Gacy's house to ask him if he's seen Gregory, And Gacy tells her that he heard Gregory talking about running away and that that must have been what had happened, which I feel like that is like what every murderer always says. Like, maybe they just ran away. It's always crazy when people believe it, too. He was going to Timbuktu. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One of the most disturbing aspects of this particular murder is that Gacy later said at a trial that Godzik um, Gregory had dug his own grave before he killed him. So he he literally made him dig his own grave. Um, I don't... It's not known if Gregory knew he was digging his own grave or if it was... I mean, because he wasn't contracting, if it was something like, hey, I really need help digging this trench, which is something that could have been too. So... Yeah. Yeah, Gacy would ask some of the guys that worked for him to like help dig and he's like oh i'm gonna be laying pipes down or i'm gonna be yeah, fixing the plumbing yeah. and so he probably didn't know that he was digging his own grave dig, he's probably like oh dig, dig, i need your help dig, with this and then dig, just killed dig. him so so next gacy kills 19 year old john sizzik 20 year old john prestige 18 year old matthew bauman 18-year-old Robert Gilroy, who was actually the son of a Chicago police sergeant, um, and he lived four blocks from Gacy. So I was kind of surprised when I was reading about his murder that um, it wasn't investigated more thoroughly because he was the son of a police sergeant. But it just seems crazy that like no one is suspecting Gacy at this point. Right. When half of these people are like working for him and they Mm -hmm. they do go up to him and be like, have you seen this guy? Oh, we ran away. And just yeah. like how many times do you need to be pointed at <laughs> yeah to be like that's weird everyone that works for you disappears but yeah. then i also got to think about i mean some of these um boys were uh, okay like like gregory had a girlfriend he had a family mm-hmm. like all the stuff um that you know really dedicated to him but some of these guys i feel like were kind of just flighty people Oh, yeah, so, they were runaways, and they would just, you know, like, in and out of town, and yeah, people, people wouldn't even... Yeah, people on the go. Some people, people in a tight spot. Chicago didn't even know them, because they would just roll in from town somewhere, and then they're like, oh, I guess they left. Yeah. Um, it's a big city, too, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, 
19-year-old John Mowry, 21-year-old Russell Nelson, 18-year-old Robert Winch, 20-year-old Tommy Bowling, 20-year-old David Talsma, 19-year-old William Kindred, 20-year-old Timothy O'Rourke, 20-year-old uh, James Mojo Mazzara. And so if you guys are helping um, keep count with us, we're at 31 total dead. And this is the end of 1978. So from between 1972 to the end of 1970, or at the beginning of 1972, I guess you say, to the end of 1978, he has killed 31 people in all. Um, He's a busy bee. Just, yeah, unfortunately. Plus, you know, doing whatever else he's doing, campaigning, clowning around, partying, <laughs> JCing, apparently yeah. running KFCs. Yeah. And colonel about. Colonel so, in about. Colonel Pogo. Um, uh, before we get into the last two of Gacy's known victims, um, I'm sure you guys are wondering the same thing that we were wondering at first was, where is he putting all these bodies? And so, as we've said before, most of them are in his house. Um, 29 total were in his house. Um, so he's just burying body after body. And then the other, um, you know, couple, he's just, he dumped in the river and with 29 bodies in this house, like this guy's house stank. The area around his house just smelled awful. The inside was even worse. You know, the closer you got to his basement where most of them were, he would, it just, oh, it was disgusting. So he would tell complaining neighbors that it was for moisture buildup, mold, and bad sewage lines. And he was trying to fix it, but it just kept breaking. And like, I was just like, this, if I was this dude's neighbor, I would not believe that his sewage lines were just breaking and breaking like time after time. Be like, either you're not fixing it or there's something else going on. It's fucking disgusting. It's also like, you're a contractor, dude. Like, you shouldn't right? have issues like that. Like, why like can't that. you fix this? And I know he was, like, eating tons of KFC and shit. Well, it's like Jeffrey like... Dahmer's house. Like, I mean, granted, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer lived in, like, the hood. So people are like, mm, I ain't going to ask what's going on in there. Yeah. But it still smelled hella rancid. And people are like, I just thought his refrigerator broke. And I'm like, hmm, guys. Follow the nose. (laughs) Right? So people who, like, you know, Gacy had people over at his house. He was having these parties. He was having his JC bros over, and they just thought that the smell was his body odor. And, like, they weren't his real (laughs) friends, for sure. (laughs) Like, if your friends can't tell you that your BO smells like rotting bodies, like, they ain't real real friends. It's also, like, just, I don't know. So, (laughs) Gacy was, you know, a little overweight, and I was reading a lot of things where, like, I just thought his house smelled because he was overweight, and, you know, fat people stink. And I'm just, like, they don't smell like (laughs) rotting corpses, dude. Like, what the hell? Right, like, And that's when you start doing things like, oh, it's your birthday. I bought you all this Bath and Body Works stuff. I hope you like it, because that's what um, I would do to people back in the day. Shower working, bro. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, so. I was like, I bought you all these candles. There was a sale. Couldn't help myself. Sorry. <laughs> like I, I'm not good at, just, at telling people that kind of stuff. So that that is me. <laughs> like if I if I offer you a mint, you need one. <laughs> Take the mint. Take three. <laughs> If you're like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, are you sure? Take one. (laughs) (laughs) 
if I have to drop the I'm sure, that means you need the I mean, I literally <laughs> sprayed Stinky Ray in class and said, I, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to spray myself. So oh, Spritz, spritz, yeah. Spritz, spritz. I mean, I just, I would not. I would not even go back to his house it's if I went there once. The, like, like, these people are coming back. His house smelled that bad. And he still had all these crazy fucking parties there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess like people were just like, that's a place to party, man. His house getting thrashed, not mine, whatever. But it's still crazy to me because these weren't like frat boys going there and partying. Oh. These were adults. Like, yeah. I mean, not that I'm saying adults can't act like that too, but these were, like I said, politicians, um, prominent people in the area. Like, it just, it's crazy to me. And it's also crazy that Carol, what are you doing in there? Like, right yeah she chose to stay there for another few months after the divorce like i would be yeah i, I mean like there right, was, you're calling the plumber now if it was the sewage line thing like you're calling the plumber right this second or i'm calling them yeah <laughs> here's also a small detail that we forgot to mention is that in one of gacy's interviews this could be real this could be fake is that gacy said that sometimes after he murdered these boys he would he would put them under his bed for the night as a way to like be close to them again um apparently this only happened a few times and if this even really happened because it's gacy and you can't you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt but i somewhat kind of believe that but i'm also like carol what the (laughs) fuck dude like how do you not smell that i don't know She's one of those wives where I feel like she had to have known. Known something was fucking wrong, but it also sounds like she was in a rough situation where she's, like, living there until she can find somewhere to live, so maybe she wasn't working or what, (laughs) but she's probably like, I don't know, but he at least still, like, lets me live here and takes care of my kids, so I'm not going to question things, which I feel like way too many spouses do that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those. People. I'm selling you a boat down the river. <laughs> right? Anything. I'm you come home smelling weird, I'm like, who you where are you at? What you doing? Right? <laughs> smells like a body. <laughs> smells like a body. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I went to the gym, bro. <laughs> God. Then we getting you some new deodorant. <laughs> that's not working for you. <laughs> that is not working for you. But so I just, like, can you imagine like Brandon Sardius, for example, because <laughs> like you went to Brandon's house and you go into his garage and there's just mattresses everywhere and it stinks. Like I'm leaving, not saying, like right? I'm, like, I'm, I'm not even staying. Flight. I'm gone. I'm bye. Yeah. I'm not even saying anything. I'm just out. But like uh, I forgot something in the car. You know, I just, like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like I just remembered I forgot something in my car. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <clears throat> bye. Block that number. Delete Sadly. everything. Forget I'm out. Me. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. Nope. So it's November 4th, 1978, and 19-year-old Frank Landingen... I said that really bad. Landingen, I think? I don't know. Landingen. Landingen. Uh, Frank. Anyways, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> He's missing. 
Um, not much is known about Frank's early life, but I wanted to talk about him because he's one of the young men that Gacy threw in the river because his house was literally bursting with bodies, which reminds me of that scene in The Conjuring where, like, all the walls start falling. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, <laughs> yes, like, all I these do. bodies are falling out of there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which I really want to go check out that house eventually. <laughs> now that Good I found out that... <laughs> I know. Now I found out that Brandon lives like two hours away from there. I'm like, let's go see the Conjuring house. Of course, he wants to stay the night there, and I'm not about that no. because no, I no, ain't no, gonna no. come back possessed. Like, I am afraid of some ghosts. No, <laughs> I'm that ain't not happening. Doing that. Hell no. No, 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 no. Um, so Frank's body gives us some insight into Gacy's method of killing. Frank, um. Frank's body was found on November 12th, naked in the, I always say this wrong, Des Plaines. So do I, which is why I set you up to say this paragraph. Thanks. <laughs> Des Plaines, Des Plaines. I feel like it's not oh, Des, sure. though. I feel like it's Des Plaines. I don't know. I'm sorry. If you are Duh from Plains. Illinois, please correct Duh me bears. on this. The Bears. The Plains <laughs> River. Um, he had died from asphyxiation and had a pair of bikini briefs stuffed down his throat. Um, he wasn't connected to Gacy until police discovered bodies at Gacy's home the following month when some of his personal belongings were found among Gacy's things. So... Then they kind of pieced it together there. Gacy's murder of 15-year-old Robert Piest on December 11th, 1978, was a murder that caused his spree to come crashing down. Robert worked at the Nissan Pharmacy in Des Plaines, where Gacy was doing construction work for a remodel. His mom came to pick him up at the end of his shift. He went out to her car and he said, I, I'll be right out in a minute. I just need to talk to this contractor real quick because he might have a summer job for me. And you can wait inside um, if you want. But she's like, no, I'll just wait in the car. So he goes back inside the pharmacy and then he never came out. Um, his mom starts to get really worried when he doesn't come out and then realizes that he's gone completely. So she calls the police right away. Robert's disappearance was taken much more seriously than the other boys, um, especially because, I mean, just of the character, like her being like, he wasn't about to leave or run away or anything like these other boys might have. He was supposed to be back in a second, like he was just going to talk to someone and then he was going to come right back. So uh, we unfortunately, we see this pretty often where some murder victims are ignored or the investigation is half-assed, um, especially when it comes to uh, prostitutes or people who are just kind of vagrant or anything like that. Um, sometimes those cases are not taken as seriously as someone who actually has ties to a family. Um, so this is the one, though, that breaks the case. Robert was from a nice upper-class family. He was an honor student. He was very close to his parents, so he definitely wasn't a runaway. Lieutenant Joseph, oh gosh, this last name. <laughs> Kozenzak? Kozenzak, yes. That looks right. <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> Joseph Kozenzak. He was a chief of detectives in suburban Des Plaines, was assigned to Robert's disappearance, and later admitted to the fact that he had a son the same age and in the same high school with Robert Pius, which is why he kind of wanted to go above and beyond with this case. Yeah, it's 
sucks that it took <laughs> having somebody on the case who had a 15 year old to to care to relate to care and yeah. i don't know if this detective was assigned mm-hmm. any other previous cases that could have just been one of the yeah. first cases from this yeah. strain that came across his desk but oh yeah i'm not gonna put this all on him <laughs> yeah <laughs> detective or lieutenant yeah, <laughs> yeah. screw you cozy dick but um yeah <laughs> Thankfully, I guess he did look into it because I'm sure at the rate Gacy was going, he would have been he up was to not like slowing down anytime soon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, the contractor that Robert said he was going to talk to was soon discovered to be Gacy. And when police questioned him, he insisted that he had no idea what happened to Robert and that he hadn't seen him. Um, but instead of taking his word this time, like they had before, uh, police dug deeper and they found out about his arrest in Iowa. So Which, I'm if not you guys sure if we remember, we talked about that? that last episode, right? His arrest in Iowa. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I'm not sure if we mentioned then that at this time, since there was no computer systems, different states, like, they did not share information with another state. Not even counties, so, I think, shared information with each other. No, they didn't. So even though he had, like, a record in Iowa, they didn't know about it in Illinois. So they just, like... There was unless they called that specific like somebody in the state, they wouldn't mm-hmm. they wouldn't know. So I think they just started digging into his background, found out that he lived in Iowa, made some calls, and then figured out about his record. So like you can literally get away with so much if you just Murder. kept popping states. It's like Ted Bundy. Uh, <laughs> yep, exactly. So uh, police are like, all right, well, <laughs> this guy. I uh, was arrested There's for, a you questionable know, colonel a over here. Now. What was that? He's a questionable colonel. I know. <laughs> questionable colonel. <laughs> this guy's chicken looking rotten. So uh, police began to stake out his house, and they're watching his comings and goings. and Trying to catch him with his hand in the chicken bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> catch him greasy-fingered. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Um, I want chicken now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just get it. Big old bu- uh, bucket of the secret seasoning. <laughs> I can't. I don't think I've had KFC in years, to be honest. I hate KFC so much. I Not remember of this guy, wanting just, it when I was a kid, but it was like one of those things that was too expensive for my family, which is yeah. crazy to think about. But you know, yeah, we were poor. And I was like, but I want KFC. Popcorn chicken sounds so good. And then now that I'm an adult and I can afford it, I'm like, I don't want that. I want real chicken. I want real deep fried chicken. I want that stuff. Tastes like rubber. The last time I had KFC was when you and I were driving back really late at night from Long Beach over to Salinas, and we stopped at that KFC, and it was oh, it was like at a trucker's a a truck stop, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was like. a mix of everything. It was like, we're not just KFC, but we're also A&W yeah. and a 7-Eleven and a Starbucks yep. and a McDonald's all into <laughs> exactly. one. And it's like the same employee. He just trades hats. <laughs> right. He just keeps changing his hat. And I'm just like, so um, I'll take a root beer. And he's like, hold on. With <laughs> A&W a popcorn hat. chicken and a McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember because I specifically remember it will be one of my most awkward moments ever because I was like, um, you guys have root beer? And he was like, <laughs> yes, ma'am. This is A&W. <laughs> and okay. I was totally serious. I wasn't trying to be, like, annoying. I just, it did not click. It did not click? Yeah. 
I remember we had this foreign exchange student in high school um, that we nicknamed him KFC because he (laughs) ate KFC every single day. Like he was always eating and he would literally buy just a bucket of chicken and eat it and just be in class or church or whatever, just eating chicken. Apparently in... Um, he was he was Korean, <laughs> but in Japan, I've had friends who um, you know have done study abroad in Japan and stuff like that. And it's like KFC over there is really fancy. Like, yeah. and that's the place you go. You go mm-hmm. to KFC, for yeah, for Christmas. And mm-hmm. my friend said there's like a three story KFC there, and I'm like, that's fucking crazy. I remember Brian Louie was talking about it when he went to go visit Jen, and he was saying that like. It was crazy around the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Um, lots of ugh. lots of chicken eating. <laughs> yep. It's probably but I will say, though, here, that, but... like, fast food in other countries is so much different than America. Because, yeah, like, McDonald's in Switzerland was, like, the best McDonald's I've ever had. So. Interesting. It was good. <laughs> it was fresh. Fresh. <laughs> so anyway, so they are staked out watching Gacy. Um, they're probably eating chicken while they're staking out watching him. And Hand me that uh, wing. Yeah, that's where we're gonna end this week's episode, though. So, yep. So next week, um, when you guys tune in, we're gonna be discussing the investigation, Gacy's arrest, trial, all that exciting stuff, and find out how justice was brought. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and a couple You'll theories to too about some stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's it's just insane that I mean we'll get into like all this on our next episode, but it's just crazy that you know looking for this one missing boy led to this, and then they thought okay maybe maybe there's just like one boy missing, and this guy has something to do with it, and then to find uh literally a house of whores like. Mm-hmm. all these bodies under this house like I, they I had 29 bodies buried in that house 29 i was reading a news article that a a cop went inside the house and like when he was stepping on like the floorboards he realized that the floorboards were like um i forget how they worded it like squishy maybe Ugh. because they had been pulled up so many times Ugh. and i was just like it's so fucking crazy and people went and partied at this dude's house mm-hmm. and he had hella bodies there like i don't know what's going on in that town at that time but guys like there has to be something better to do there's gotta be something better to do yeah. and it's just so crazy i mean this is the late 70s and the 70s is like when america was ramping with serial killers but mm-hmm. it's just god i don't i don't I hope that nothing like this ever happens again. I don't see how it could, but I mean, I, I guess I kind of do at the same time, but it's just, it's so crazy. So many people murdered. I don't think it can happen in somewhere like, probably like Chicago again, but maybe somewhere in that word that we hate. Um in an R-U-R-A-L <laughs> area. area. I feel like <laughs> maybe if someone was traveling um a lot and they were just kind of vagrant yeah exactly like a truck driver could probably Mm -hmm. now i'm just like giving people ideas here (laughs) truck drivers have like an abnormal amount of serial killers among that profession yeah Um, i mean it's perfect because they're literally all over the place and Mm -hmm. prostitutes unfortunately are 
basically disposable in our society. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. John Wayne crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. We owe Kim our second shot, though. Oh, yeah. Da-da-da-ding. Spice it up. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Kim. Uh, we are going to be sprucing up our Patreon page, by the way. Um, not just some stickers and goodies and stuff, but we are going to have some more single shots coming out. We kind of took a break mm-hmm. on single shots for a little bit, so we're going to have a few more of those coming out in the next couple weeks, so look out for that worth. if you're a patron. <laughs> what was that? I said, get you your money's worth. <laughs> yeah, get your money's worth, y'all. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then part three will be up soon, so we hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, enjoy your happy hour, and we will... I guess we won't see you, but you'll be hearing us next Thursday, so... Maybe we will see you. Ooh. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Bye.